Hello, and welcome to the latest season of JCB's Gateway to Growth podcast. I am Victoria Berea Usher, Vice President, Marketing Communications for JCB International Europe. Please join me on an adventure navigating the complex world of payments as I invite guests to give a fresh perspective on a trending topic, but that's all within the world of payments. For those of you who are listening in for the first time, JCB is a leading payment brand and in fact, the only international payments brand originating from Japan. Being on hand with payment protection that's needed when it's needed is just a fraction of what being better with Omotenashi means for our customers. We are devoted to maintaining the highest standards of customer care and our advanced payment technologies have enabled cross-border JCB acceptance at over 39 million merchant partners and for our 146 million car members worldwide. So sit back and enjoy the latest conversations full of insights, advice and anecdotes. Hello, listeners. Welcome to JCB's Gateway to Growth podcast. Today, I'm joined by two members of the JCB team in India, Satoru Mori, who's Managing Director of JCB India, and Richard Anderson, Country Business Head. Welcome to you both, and thank you so much for joining me today. Before we proceed into the questions that I have for you today, one of the new activities that we're running on the podcast is to ask our previous guest a question for you. Just as an aid memoir, the previous guest that we had was Graham Stanford. He was director of B2B partnerships at the Bista Collection. He would like to know, and his question to you is, India is one of the fastest growing guest communities that they have observed at Bista Collection. And as such, it's an important market for the Bista Collection. He would like to know who you would recommend that he speaks to in India as a key partner for them to make their Indian guest experience even more special? Uh, to begin answering Graham's question, Victoria, let's spend a minute talking about why JCB is a great partner for any business looking to tap into our growing base of Indian outbound travelers. Through our tie-up with uh, National Payments Corporation of India, we're focused on democratizing the access of payment products to all 1.3 billion citizens of India. That's a huge market. Our deep reach across segments and demographics that ensure that a large portion of traveling Indians will hold a JCB card. So using JCB as a means to help the card holder discover new brands seems like a very good idea. Additionally, at a larger level, without being specific, I would say one thing they should do is India has a very large uh, internet uh, penetration. A lot of Indians are using internet. That's a great way to actually get access to the right customer bases that they would like to touch mm-hmm. and uh, using this coffee platform the marketplace they can reach those customers to specially curate experiences there are many international airlines from india flying direct flights out to the uk hotel chains which have indian and international presence uh, tying up with those kind of brands may be a good way for them to create the kind of experience and controlled experience that they would like to offer the customer that's brilliant thank you so much and graham if you're listening you heard it from richard here first Okay, so thank you for that, Richard. And Morisan, I'd like to give our listeners a chance to get to know you better. Can you please tell us a bit more about your role at JCB in India? I started career with uh, JCB 25 years ago and having international business experience both on the issuing and the acquiring side, especially Europe and Asia. So I live in Europe 
for six years and managed business there. Now I'm based in Mumbai and as the managing director of JCB South Asia office, which I set up in 2017 to manage the Indian business. Thank you so much. So uh, you've been at JCB quite a while. That's great. Um, Richard, I'm going to ask the same about you. It'd be really great for our listeners to understand a little bit uh, about you, your experience uh, and your role at JCB. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me here today, Victoria. I look after the JCB business in the Indian market. Uh, I've been a payment business guy for most of my career and worked with leading banks and financial organizations before this. Uh, I joined JCB about five years ago since when I've been based at the Mumbai office and I've been working with Morisan as we built the Indian business. Great. Thank you so much. It's a great experience from both of you. So that ties in great into my next question, which is India as a growth market. It's gaining a lot of momentum right now. Richard, what do you think makes India a region that's of interest to this global economy that we are all part of? Okay, so key reason, Victoria, I would like to state here would be one is that it's a huge market. It's a market of 1.3 billion people. Mm. And uh, to top it off, it's an extremely young market. Uh, with a median age of about 28, India is easily the largest uh, young economy in the world. What does this mm-hmm. translate to? It means that the average consumer is young, digitally savvy and aspirational. The second reason is India is also one of the largest and fastest growing economies in the world. You've just become the fifth largest economy in the world right now mm-hmm. and well on track to be a five trillion economy in the near future. This will have a rub off effect with regards to uh, per capita uh, GDP as we go ahead, which will be of the great interest to all retail businesses. Currently, India's per capita GDP is just about $2,000. Club this with the aspirational India and a growth in GDP. And you certainly can you can imagine what 1.3 billion people demanding more goods and services will mean to an overall global kind of a market and merchants all over. And the other reason is the measures taken in the last few years by the government to actually make doing business in India much easier. So it's never been a better time than now to do business in India. Uh, you've got a young economy, you've got a growing economy, you've got higher disposable income, and you've got a government who's supporting. That's some of the reasons why I think India has a lot of momentum behind it right now. Thank you so much for that. And I think for anybody listening who maybe wants further insights uh, on India's growth market as it pertains to either retailers or people in the payments industry, Richard, I think it'd be great if at the end we put your LinkedIn uh, and they can reach out to you directly. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. So my next question then is, obviously, we talked a lot about the size of the markets, where the market is headed, but there's a lot of evolution due to recent events, Richard, uh, which have centered around a shift towards a less cash society. But really, what does that mean in practical terms for India? So as you have seen, Victoria, over the past few decades, uh, India was predominantly a cash-based economy. Of late, and a lot of credit of this must go to the government for its vision, RBI for ensuring the right set of guardrails are always in place, NPCI, the National Payment Corporation of India, our partner in India, for the innovative and cost-effective solutions it has brought to the market, and banks for investing time, effort and money to develop world-class infrastructure to promote digital payments. 
more and more indians today have started uh, adopting digital modes in india today if you walk out of your home you actually don't need to carry a wallet mm-hmm. i'll give a personal experience i have hardly withdrawn cash from an atm in the last couple of years this was never a situation some time ago but now everybody accepts uh, uh, digital payments is the drive for digital payments coming out of necessity or is it because it is that younger segment that want that it started with necessity victoria mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we've seen the covid scenario where you were hardly stepping out of your home you still needed goods and services physical exchanges were limited we went through a process of demonetization mm-hmm. where again we had your using digital mode was what it was so it came out of necessity but i think adoption has been brilliant mm-hmm. because people have taken it to like fish take to water it is like uh, today the if you look at products that they have on digital payment digital payment growth is like rapidly increasing and it's across the country so it's not like digital payments is only there in tier 1 tier 2 cities i travel quite a lot when i travel through smaller towns in india villages you will uh, there are play, over there as well they are accepting digital payments happily accepting digital payments because it's so much more convenient it goes straight from into, into your bank account there is no requirement of you know providing change providing the right amount of small notes so that's where it has come from and i think that's the point of payments isn't it it's to enable that is to be able to provide a frictionless experience for the customer so it's really great to hear that adoption is really high so but my next question really is and it's it's more directed to you morisan because you explained to us at the very beginning of the call that you have been uh, the instigator of setting up uh, jcb in india what is jcb's role in the indian market Well, since we came to India a bit late, so we have taken several strategic steps to establish ourselves and become embedded in the Indian financial infrastructure. For instance, the alliance with NPCI, which is an umbrella organization for operating retail payments and settlement system in India. So this alliance that means npci member banks uh, means o- almost all indian banks can issue rupee jcb global credit and debit card that function as rupee cards in india and the as jcb card outside india currently 12 banks are issuing rupee jcb global cards as of the year 2020 the rupee cards the share is uh, 60% in the market so means we have not the strong uh, domestic partner and then jcb's that now one of the infrastructure here so jcb has worked hard to create the customized products for the market you no know, in order to distinguish you no know, from the other uh, international scheme you no know, including unique lifestyle benefits and global promotions and the alliance with rupee the means that the even jcb is seen as a trusted partner in the country now one of the things that we are trying to do in europe is to make people understand that india is a key growth market but why is jcb the partner that they should be partnering with to enable them for that growth So you talked a little bit here about the fact that you've got the alliance with the domestic scheme that you're creating customized products but what is the unique selling point of JCB in India So uh, for instance no Dubai 
is the, the most the popular destination for Indian tourists. No? And then the JCB the offering free access to Dubai Airport Lounge for the premium customer. No? Then other international scheme. No? Since the cost is a bit high because it's Dubai, so that's why the other schemes are hesitating to provide that such type of services. But JCB, no? we offer such nice services to the customer. And also we have you know, our unique brand services such as in-city lounge, you know, which no other you know, international scheme provides. Okay, so moving on into what does a typical Indian JCB card member look like? And what are they spending on and what really what motivates them? And I'm going to direct that question at you, Richard. Okay, so I'd say the average Indian JCB card member would be a young and aspirational person. He'll have a global and outward looking mindset, mm-hmm. more of a digital first kind of a consumer, well aware of the global trends and happenings, understands what products are available, understands and require wants good quality products, want good quality services, has a lot of focus on safety, he's uh, aware of the kind of frauds and things that are happening in the market, so has security concerns, so look for extremely secure processes, avoids places where he has a concern that the transactions may be at risk. So that's the kind of customer that I'd say our JCB card number would be. He loves spending on experiences over possessions and they do love to travel. So what has happened is over the last few years with more and more exposure and more and more as India has grown, disposable income gone up, you've been, the aspiration guys have used social media, seeing what's happening across the world, wanted to, you know, experience it for themselves, picked up on travel, picked up on buying from retailers abroad. So that's how my average customer today is. That's great. It's really great to hear that they're adventurous travelers and they want to kind of experience the world, especially after the last couple of years that we've had. So I guess, Richard, that really kind of segues nicely into my next question, which is really let's talk about travel, because it sounds like the Indian population is really ready to burst with outbound tourism. I read a statistic that it's set to surpass around 42 billion in spend by 2024. And But why is travel so high? I mean, I know... There are obvious reasons where we weren't able to do that for two years. But but why is it for JCB and generally the Indian card member? Like I said, the young Indian does love new experiences and higher disposable income at least has actually enabled him to make those much more possible, much more people now want to travel abroad. This has been a trend that we've been seeing in India for quite some time, actually. Total outbound travelers from India was less than 5 million in about uh, 2000. By 2019, mm-hmm. uh, just before the pandemic, there were almost 27 million. Okay, so that's the kind of growth that we were seeing out there. Even now, it's quite clear that travel is strongly coming back. People are going, starting to travel right now, and I'm sure that 27 million number can be crossed very, very easily. I'd say key markets that Indians travel to uh, would be the UAE, Middle East, USA. They will continue to receive travelers. But I'd also like to add that the European markets also are high focus areas for Indian travelers. And you can expect a large inflow into UK, Germany, Netherlands, Switzerland, Sweden, Italy. These are also more aspirational kind of travelers who uh, want to experience Europe in all its uh, beauty and glory. There'll be higher ticket travelers as well in this category. Average Indians actually spend longer time when they travel abroad, more than 20 odd days if you look at it in comparison to global travelers. 
However, smaller, shorter-term trips are also gaining prominence. There's more and more people taking short-term trips as well. Uh, recent surveys, just pre-pandemic surveys actually, these were, had shown that Indian travelers actually travel more than most of their global counterparts. So it's like about 5.6, I think, was one of the numbers that was quoted somewhere, in comparison to about 4 for the global travelers. Additionally, Indian travelers also spend more than most Asia-Pacific travelers into international markets and significantly more. So that's the kind of travel you could expect as well as we go forward. That's great. I think I'm going to move to India if I can take nearly six trips annually, Richard. That's brilliant. <laughs> and I guess I've got a few follow-up questions just because I want to delve more into the subject. We know that JCB card members and, and Indian card members want to have a digital product, but in the kind of, I guess, in the ease of restrictions, and you, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, which is they're looking for that curated experience. Uh, coming to Europe, they spend more time. Are we seeing a trend with a specific segment in society, like, for example, students who also want a, a different experience, couples? You know, a few years ago, we used to see tours. So can you give us maybe a little bit more details on the type of customer that that kind of uh, is attributed to? So this may be a little anecdotal, but I'll give you some some kind of an insight to how it works out here. Probably about 10 to 15 years ago, you would hardly ever see groups of, you know, teenagers planning trips outside of India. Okay. Mm-hmm. The number of, let's say, 18-year-old, 16, 18-year-old groups who immediately after finishing school want to actually spend 15, 20 days traveling abroad, that's really increased. And that's just about the the global mindset that I was talking about, that they now realize that international travel is not something that you dream of doing sometime in life. It's something you do regularly. So that's one segment. The other segment are, yes, families do want to go for experiences, travel abroad, see different places that they've always wanted to travel to. There's a lot of actual travel happening for education as well. Mm. So there are a lot of young Indians who are traveling abroad for education. Then they want to settle down abroad as well. There was a study which said that 76% of Gen Z Indian nationals studying abroad plan to work and settle abroad. This is actually a great opportunity for Europe, which is a popular destination. This is a great chance for European merchants to build lasting relationships with this kind of a large market as well. India, the demographics are very, very diverse. Mm. Okay, so you'll have people who will be looking at budget travel. You'll have people looking at uh, luxury travel as well. So you have different segments of customers. So actually, there is every type of customer coming out of India. And as more and more people keep traveling, it has its own rub-on effect. Because as people talk about their trips and you have more and more people aspiring to visit those same places and having those same kind of experiences. So that number is only going to just, you know, multiply and exponentially. So creating great experiences right now is going to increase the impact of that, let's say, 10x in over the next three to five, seven years. Okay, so... That's something which is where taking your point forward about uh, merchants trying to curate experiences, the better the experience, the more travelers they can also expect coming into those markets. Well, that's great, isn't it? Because, you know, it's about pivoting strategies. You've got different retailers who want to attract different segments. And actually, I think there's something there for everybody when it comes down to the Indian market. So thank you for those insights. That's really helpful. And I guess this kind of just leads me into, you know, we talk about that kind of travel out of India. But is it the same for travel into India? So, uh, Victoria, India has a very rich heritage. It has great history, diverse cultures, and every type of landscape you can actually imagine. So, what I'm trying to tell you in short is that it has something for everyone. What we've noticed, Victoria, is that of late, this is in India, the traveler is not just backpackers who are looking to come to India or, you know, cheaper travel. 
okay there's a lot of avenue for luxury travel and that's a lot more people coming in who are enjoying luxury travel in india spiritual getaways holistic health getaways those things are really picking up and there's a lot of that in india and with foreign tourists spending almost as much as 27 billion in 2017 the world travel and tourism council has predicted it is the fastest growing destination for leisure travel between 2016 2026 so basically it presents india as an opportunity for merchants acquire to contribute to the national economy through accommodation activity and daily life spends and i think it really goes back to graham's question what do we do to help you know curate experiences and you're doing it in a different way within your region which is making sure that you're attracting customers who want a different experience and you know that kind of spiritual holistic aspect is something that's really on the rise i think especially after the the couple of years that we've had so one thing that we kind of talked a little bit about but maybe not too much and it's something that i want to explore a little bit more with you richard which is the the e-commerce aspects of indian car members and the kind of trends so we talked a lot about people being digitally savvy and and you know having mobile wallets etc but specifically if we want to attract a different type of retailer maybe one that is just purely an online retailer or a service provider that's online what are those kind of popular ways and things that indian car members look for uh, in that digital space so one is that as indian car members over the period of time as data in india is very easily available across india it's become one of the cheapest places to access internet data so that has helped penetration across the country you'll see people in tier three tier four cities villages enjoying global entertainment on their phones on through their smartphones so smartphones is very prevalent in india and that has resulted in a lot of e-commerce growing both domestically and internationally so i'll focus a little more on the international side over here what we are seeing from international e-commerce over here and what we see is that easy shipping and return policies is a very big one that uh, the guy has to the shopper must be confident that his a transaction if he has a problem with the goods being sent to him it is easy to send it back the fastest shipping also works uh, big time and another thing is security so security of transaction is something which the customers are very very careful about uh, that's a place where rbi has also played a very very important role to drive that whole e-commerce piece within india by uh, pushing all the players in the ecosystem to invest big time with regards to creating the right security infrastructure providing the assurances to the customer that there is in no case will there be any fiduciary loss to them they will be always protected so those are things which are very very important and obviously curating some experiences even online it is possible to create a uh, curated experience online as well and websites who are doing that providing those kind of opportunities are the ones who are seeing the maximum growth from indian customers spending abroad and uh, you know we talked a little bit about this earlier on when we talked about frictionless journeys i think that is massively important to any retailer to understand and you know we've seen through our own data and through our own kind of customer feedback that it's important for jcb car members to feel secure when they're purchasing something and they're buying it from a bona fide source right you know they they want to have that products okay so we have nearly come to the end it's been really delightful talking to both of you and i've certainly learned a lot uh, today but i'm going to direct my next question to morisan what is the one piece of advice that you would give to either merchants or other partners considering how they can tap into the indian marketplace uh yeah uh, i recommend merchants and partners use online channels to reach the indian the consumers as well as 
focus on providing seamless and highly secure uh, processes to the, the Indian consumers. Okay, so make sure that you're, you've pivoted your strategy and you make sure that that secure payment process is in place. I'll just add to that a couple of lines that, Victoria. Please. Because what happens is that if you are able to create some kind of a brand imagery online, when that customer reaches the shores of your country and sees that, it's more of a reinforcement and it's a more positive kind of a signal to him. Oh, that's a brand I kind of know more than another one. So that's something where uh, actually have focusing on digital to reach out to customers plays a big role in that. I couldn't agree more. One of the strategies that we have in Europe right now, Richard, just to kind of update you on what we're doing is we're working with a lot of retailers who have online marketplaces in places like Italy, but our Taiwanese car members might not necessarily be aware of it. So when it comes to that brand exposure, I think that's a, a unique selling point that JCB has because the customer could be based anywhere, especially as you just mentioned, if there's a brand you've never heard of, but you've seen it and then you physically see it, you're more likely to go and buy from that sort of retailer. So thank you for that. And as we end today, and as is now the tradition for the next podcast guest, I would like to ask one of you, to give me a question. I don't know who my next guest is going to be or what the topic is because that is still in production. But if I can pass it over to you and then we can set the scene for the next guest. Okay, so I'd recommend a question, uh, Victoria, this is back to something I was just talking about with regards to security. I'd say a question with regards to the role of security being a catalyst for turbocharging adoption of digital payments may be apt. While there's a lot of focus on the ease and convenience each digital payment option offers, adoption levels often more than anything else may well be hinged around how secure a customer feels. Maybe this is something your next guest would like to open up with as we take digital payments even more forward. Great question. That's definitely something that (laughs) we really need to think about for next time, which is how am I going to make that process really seamless? Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it, Richard. And just before we close, I'd like to thank both of you for your time today. Uh, I'd also like to thank our listeners for joining in. We will be in touch soon. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all our listeners for joining us on this latest season of Gateway to Growth podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your colleagues and network. And why not subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Please send feedback and suggestions for future topics to our email address, marketing at jcbeurope.eu.